Welcome, everybody, to the That Kind of Nerd podcast. I am CJ Mellon, joined, of course, by Josh Burns and Brian Thornton. Welcome to our show where we break down weekly what is going on in the nerd world. Uh, if you are new to the podcast, please go check out the amazing articles and other content on thatkindofnerd.com. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at thatkindofnerd. Other social media sites and stuff will come later throughout the show. Just quick disclaimer. Uh, for some of you who are listening live, or live, not really live, but you know when this drops, when this publishes, we are not, I repeat, not going to be talking about uh, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice today. Uh, no so matter how badly I want to. No badly, it's not happening. Uh, we are going to be speaking about Netflix's Daredevil Season 2 this episode, so if you haven't seen that, stop now. Go watch it, and then go flog yourself, because are you seriously? It's been like a week. Like get that Shame. Shame. <laughs> I'm, on my, I'm on my second viewing at this point. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like, like get that done. Uh, so let's go ahead and just start right on the show with holy shit, how awesome was this season? At least all of the awesome. It was at least all of the awesomes. It was all of the awesomes, and then it was more awesomes on top of that. <laughs> so the thing that really stood out to everybody in season one was this hallway scene, which appeared to look like a, a single shot hallway fight and it was probably one of the best filmed pieces of fight choreography in cinematic history and like there's no way they're going to be able to top this at all wait that hallway fight that wasn't that was like halfway through the season episode two end of episode was two. it yeah oh wow okay well because he was still in the vigilante you know uh, mode. the hallway fight was cool i mean there was a lot more brutal fight scenes though i thought in that yeah, but the, just just the season. fact that it looked like one it was shot very stylized. It was really cool, and there's okay. like there's no way they're going to do that. Like you can't replicate that. Like way to go, nice job. Season two, I can't wait to see what you do. And then they did that stairway fight where he's yeah. fighting all those freaking bikers with a yeah. chain wrapped around him. Yeah, he's chain. using the chain to like whip people. It's awesome. And he's like breaking lights and shit. It's just like this this, this barbaric like fuck you kind of mode. Oh my god, that was my favorite fight sequence of this entire season, and I of, was like ever. shocked. Uh, really? I love that thing. You didn't like that? Oh, of course I liked it. I don't know that it was it, like I don't think it was my favorite fight scene of this season, but it what was What was your favorite was fight scene of this season then? Um, I mean either the first fight with the Punisher or uh the the fight where he was completely had to track the the hand by their breath and uh, at the end, or or the the Wilson Fisk versus but the see, Punisher I didn't fight, breathe scene. at all during that whole, during that stairwell scene. Like I couldn't. Why? breathe. he was it just was... running downstairs and hitting guys once or twice, and they were going down. I didn't breathe for thirteen hours. <laughs> How good it freaking was. See, no. and the cool part, and see, here was the cool thing about this, and this is the the nerdy part of me was that was shot so shot so well. It was so great theater no, it was stuff. 11, theater it was stuff. A, the was lighting 11, was amber. It was I'm amazing. Just, just, they had the yellow lights positioned in such a way. <laughs> just saying, it was eleven uh, fighting um, stunt doubles that were being the shit kicked out of him for five days. It was just 11 people in that hallway continuously cycling through being different characters. Those poor 11 bastards got their ass kicked for five days. Anyway, they, I they, loved it. But see, their, here, their see, uh, the reason I'll say that over the uh, first fight with the Punisher is because the first fight with the Punisher just doesn't it, it's not complete they get broken up like so many different times the momentum is stopped just because you know, got shot in the head right. a lot of shit of goes down right uh, a lot uh, such as someone gets <laughs> shot in the head yes and it has Ooh. ramifications for like six episodes afterwards like right right it uh, i'm just saying it was a great listen i'm not saying it's not a bad fight scene i said i think the the stairwell is better than the first fight with i, I think with, my with favorite Punisher. my favorite fight scene if i have to pick one my favorite fight scene is is wilson fisk Versus the Punisher. That was uh, just that was a very clear uh, display of power. You're like there's no there's there's no confusing who's in charge. There's no confusing who has the upper hand. And if you didn't recall Fisk's brutality and his power yeah. from the first season, this certainly against a, a foe who was, you know, tougher than anyone he had ever, you know, kicked the shit out of. Uh, Frank Castle's resilient, and he just really didn't have the, the ability to go on. Yeah, my wife was like, isn't 
isn't the isn't Whistles and Fisk supposed to be very strong? And then she just starts beating the shit out of him. Like, there yeah. you go. Ah, yes, yes, he is. He's very strong. Right. Um, I right. loved it. No, I thought that was good. All right. So st- you, we need to take a, take a step back. I was just about to say, you're, let's, let's you're, go back. You're so far ahead. And the mere fact that Fisk is in this season was a freaking mind blow because no one knew it was coming. And it's very well done. But let's we have to rewind even further back because yeah, that's like 10 episodes in to just the introduction of the Punisher. Can we talk about John John Bernthal and, and his performance, which was amazing? And what, Amazeballs. Uh, it so was good. Amazeballs. Uh, he and, and everyone was just expecting not everyone, not me. But a lot of people were just expecting, oh, it's just Shane, and he's Shane. wearing a Punisher skull. And, and Shane from Walking, I don't know. Shane from Walking Dead. We know you don't okay. know. I don't know. And I Shane. think, Josh, that you're kind of lucky because you get to see him without any kind of other filter or any other roles kind of popping in your head. I Wait, he's been in a bunch of stuff. What are you talking about? He has been in a bunch of stuff. Right. Most people, though, most, most people know him from The Walking Dead and that character and how that character kind of went a little psycho. And some people are just going, oh, well, that's just like, and I'm just like, shut up. That No, it's this not. is a totally new guy. Right. It's not. And, and he, he did the performance in so well in such a way that, like, yes, he is psychotic um, and, and kind of obstinate, but you feel so bad for him. You kind of want this guy to kill every mobster this, in the world this, ever. This is, this is the Punisher from war zone and war journal from yeah. the nineties. From when I was growing up, this mm-hmm. is how I remember the Punisher. And this is exactly how he should have been done since the very beginning. Their Absolutely. conversation on the rooftop is fucking incredible. Oh, it's so great. They're talking. The, I mean, the, he was just like they're they're calling each other out on their bullshit, and they're having this ideological fight, and it's it's fucking brilliant. But they did a great job of of writing the character in that every every iteration of the Punisher that we've seen, there's always been this like bit of whininess, and, like and I understand that tremendous loss but instead of him coming off as terribly like just despair and 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 absolute withdrawal from society like John Bernthal did they always come off as whiny and this was not that at all no and and they did something and I to be honest with you I don't remember this ever being done in the comic book um, they did something with the character in general that he is he's forgetting his life before the accident and, and they equated to to the uh the bullet that he took in the head that he, he those scenes with between him and Karen where they're talking about his family he's struggling to remember how his kids are and and how his wife would act around him and just remembering things before that day he's slowly losing it and all he can remember is, the day his family got shot, the day he relives that moment every day when he wakes right. up. It was such an amazing development for the character, something new that I've never seen before. And it just makes you feel even worse for the character that you're just like, yeah, totally. No, kill that guy. I don't care. No, he he was jaywalking. I don't care. Kill him. He, he deserves it probably. Um, no, to me, it was it wasn't so much that it was the oh, my God, I understand why this guy is doing this. If you keep reliving literally something unimaginable, even in my brain, as I couldn't even describe as the worst day of my life, it's something so terrible. It's it's impossible to fathom. I can understand him wanting to kill every mobster he comes in contact with. They did it. Uh, they couldn't have done it any better. They couldn't have cast it any better. And um, I, again, I thought it it not only made the season, it was perfect, but they they took all the brutality of Daredevil season one and somehow, you know, when you add the Punisher in, they just – it's exponentially sort of ratcheted up. It was – As it should be because of the Punisher the way he is. I, I'm, I'm with you, but again, think about all of the – Think about all the Punisher that we've had up to this point, and b- between obviously Dolph, Dolph Lundgren, Lundgren and, yeah. and and Thomas Jane and and Ray Winstone, none of Ray Stevenson. them. No, what Stevenson? Yeah, Stevenson. Okay, all right, whatever. Um, none of them. I do that every episode. How do I get a name wrong every episode? I don't know. They they didn't have a single one of them that was able to do all parts of it the right way. 
Yeah. This was unbelievably good. And and I think it comes back to the writing of this. This character and every character in this series was written so well that you're allowed to do that. I mean, that they can give these people the momentum that they need to, to carry a story forward. I'm a little like I, I sort of thought we were going to see a bit more of the conversion to Night Nurse, but we didn't see that. I think that's going to be coming in like see like other shows like Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Defenders. Okay. Fair enough. She, and, she doesn't like that, Matt um, right now. She's a little pissed off at Matt right now. Well, fair enough. I, I thought I thought that everything else they did, especially the story arc there with with Karen Page, was very good. And um, I, I don't have any. There wasn't a single thing that I thought I wish I would have seen other than, a, like again, Night Nurse. I thought that would have been in there. So let's let's go into something that we're we're vaguely talking about, but I'd rather just hit it head on, and that's the character. I have one last thing to say about the Punisher. Go ahead, and then uh, uh, we can move on to whatever you were going to segue to, CJ. Mm-hmm. My favorite scene with the Punisher, and obviously that rooftop, like the entire episode of season three, which was torn right out of a comic book. The whole him taping a gun to Daredevil's hand, all of that. Did you squee? Did you squee? I did squee. I squeed. Um, luckily, no one was around to hear it. <laughs> anyway. Except for some cats. Yeah, some some cats. Not many cats, though, CJ. Why not? Because the ratio of cats to males is very low. Oh, so at his house, the cat to male ratio is so low. Very low. Gotcha. Okay, thank you. Sorry, go ahead, Brian. You were saying. Moving on. Um, there's that scene in the diner where Karen like ditches her detail and goes oh the, the coffee scene oh my gosh where they're what talk- a great scene where she's like oh well you know matt's hurt me before and he's like that's like the people who can hurt you are the ones who you let in like you obviously love this guy like he and i can't do it justice but th- that scene know. was amazing if i'm i mean if i'm not mistaken i i didn't get the vibe but he didn't know until the rooftop when he was picking guys off yeah i, di- I didn't get that vibe either he didn't know till then. I, right? I who, feel like the he, he really figured is. it out at the end of that at the end of that season. Where well, he, he had right. no mask. He had no. You want to talk about squeeing? Oh my god! When <laughs> first of all, you want to talk about fight scenes? My favorite fight scene is that last fight scene because you have Daredevil and Elektra kicking the hands ass, and it was awesome. And then all of a sudden, you just hear these sniper bullets come off, and Punisher's on a rooftop like three roofs away, and I. Flipped the F out, like, full-on yeah. screaming, like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Life cannot get any better than this. Squeeing. It was insane. So this is the feeding into an overall theme that this season did really well, and a lot of other shows and even movies need to take notice of, and that was the way in which they did character development. Uh, introducing uh, a lot of new people, right? Introducing uh, some new roles for a couple of characters. This show handled it magnificently. Everything about this was flawlessly executed, in my opinion. Uh, no, I do have, I do have one, and I, I completely, I don't know why I didn't think of this till Brian was talking about Electra. I wasn't crazy about Electra. See, I um, liked her. I, I did liked too. Her a lot. No, I mean she was good, but like, and I, I hate, I hate to make this comparison, but it felt a lot like. It was a ripoff a bit of Arrow characters. Nissa Al Ghul, Black Canary, White Canary. I it just the In what way? The whole Um a lot of the 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 character like her idiosyncrasies and, and her stubbornness. I know that Electra Nachos was that, but there was just a lot of it seemed like gratuitous attitude. Really, for no, it just I thought it was poorly acted. I wasn't crazy about it. I I liked her. I think she she hugged that line between crazy and flirty really well. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, I, I not so much just her, but her relationship with Matt and, and the way they played off of each other. I loved because you got that feeling that yeah, these two absolutely have this connection. And, and they obviously, obviously at one time loved each other if they still do love each other. But they are – they cannot be together. They're not good for each other. Yeah, and I really appreciate the fact that, um, you know, we didn't have to know her entire backstory to, and, you know, and Matt's backstory to know that they had something very different that Matt doesn't have with other people. And that all comes down to the acting, really. 
Well, acting and the writing, I, you know, for both of those. I'm giving it a second watch, and I'm hoping that the character will grow on me a little bit because I did like I I wasn't it didn't have my undivided attention. I had like two fantasy football things going on at at the same time. I was trying to watch. Yeah, because I mean Daredevil. that that role is a lot of subtle stuff that if you aren't if you if you miss something, you miss these little moments where like I got the f- the flirty slash crazy stuff, but, but I just wasn't. Cra- there's more wasn't, to it. It's like when she's all banged up in his apartment and she's like, I want to be good and I don't want to kill again. And then there's that young, you know, ninja. Well, see, that's that's where that's the stuff that drew the parallels for me to the Arrow characters. Is that I didn't she, I just she just didn't for me pull off that that flawed thing. And but that it's the but same. I don't think it's she's supposed to. She she's never going to be able to be good. It's not like the whole uh, Black Canary Sarah Lance parallel you're drawing, where Sarah, you know, even though she grew up in this kind of world, she always had that like person she was before to go back. Pieces, to. right? Pieces of that. Pieces of what well, Black Canary is is the other one, not right. Sarah. Well, I mean, but Sarah started out in season two as Black Canary, right? And they had that very similar storyline going on. I think right, right, right. So you've got the resurrection thing, and you've got all that other stuff in there. And I just wasn't, I wasn't bowled over. I wasn't enamored with the character like uh, I was with Karen Page. See, to me, Karen was the to me Karen was the character that I didn't. Oh, are you man. kidding me? She's, she's amazing. She she, listen, she did a great job, and her story I, was she's great. She's like. And she's she's a million times better here than she was on True Blood. Well, I was going to say the last I, season. Well, I, I know that, I give you. I mean, if we're going to talk about Karen real quick, I mean, she's not only hiding so much stuff in her past that they still she have is. Not, she murdered a guy. Yeah, she's right. got now got this to, this thing on top of it that she murdered someone in season one to hide all the horrible shit in her past. She that they still have gone into her her ability to play flawed and emotionally scarred is a million times better than Electra's. And again, the, the the parallel to the Punisher storyline is that she's the one who sympathizes him with him the most because she's been there. She she's been in a, in a, in a role where she would do anything to rectify some sort of past mistake. Karen. Yes. Yes. Which is okay. Which is, my, my, I think the issue, maybe a bigger issue I have with Electra is that you you know that her what she wants is to draw Matt in, mm-hmm. but she always seems she always seems to you know screw him over, but not like not unintentionally. Like she wants to draw him in, she does it on purpose, and there's no I don't know. There, there should be some nuance. I feel like the character should have more finesse, and she doesn't. So, well, that's that's her flaw. That's her problem. No, is that no, she no, should no, have no. a duality. She, she should have is, more to her, and she, she she doesn't. I mean, that's no, what, no, no. She's she's an assassin, dude. She she absolutely should have that subtlety, that nuance. That you don't know what she's doing, and and it's not a it's not a flaw. She is the way she is, but a sociopath or a psychopath can always mask that shit. I th- and I think she she seems incapable. I think the the problem your root problem with that is most of the time that you're seeing her is she's with Matt and she can't hide that side of herself from Matt. And she doesn't want to. She when wants to be She doesn't who want she is. to. Right. But like when she's in that boardroom trying to like uh hack their system and all yep. she's very finesse. Right. She's very nuanced. But when she's around Matt, she all the walls are down. Maybe that's it. Maybe maybe I just I've only seen a little bit of that, and I you know I th- I thought that scene was very good where she was in where she was in that with the the hand even there that. even the scene where they go to the party to try and find that book she's right. very I was, yeah but I wasn't crazy about that scene oh really like, I just I loved it it was very no. James Bond very James Bond although and, I did see it coming a mile away I was like he's gonna spill he's wearing a white suit a white tight right. and he's blind wine I mean. is gonna be spilled on this guy <laughs> go to the bathroom beat him up get the card key anyone else see this coming cool can we That's just fine. skip ahead it was I went more Mission Impossible than whatever CIA super secret agent you want to aspire to whether it be Ethan Hunter Bond that scene was very I spy. only know the the Russian one so I was kind of lost for, for those two references but right. thank you now You're I have welcome. your American ways I appreciate it no. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so here's another thing that I, I really loved about this season 
And several times I felt this way. The episodes were so high in scale and the risks were so crazy that when I was watching episode four, I was like, you could end it right here. This feels like a season finale. And I would be happy with that. I would be okay with, okay, I've got a lot of shit that you just gave me. When's the next season coming out? This so so in episode four when Van Gogh shows up you were you were like I'm good that, oh, that yes, main yes, Irish was. mobster was Van Gogh yes. and Doctor Vincent. Who <laughs> I think yeah. that's why I was confused <laughs> okay I'm sorry <laughs> um, Van Gogh no I mean that was amazing <laughs> there was a couple I I can't remember the other episodes but I distinctly remember season four my wife I mean episode four Brian says season three earlier so I figured I'd just save him for episode one. four. Episode four. Uh, oh, it's okay. I have it in recorded files. It's all right. I really it's didn't. I don't. I don't believe you. <laughs> um, uh, so here's the, and, and that's the thing. A couple times where I really was like, this feels like a finale, and I don't know what episode I'm on because this show is cut to binge watch. It's in the middle of a sentence or right before a fight, and then the credits roll, and you're like, "Fuck this! Where's the next button? How can I skip the 16 seconds Netflix wants to give me?" Uh, to, to go do something to watch the next thing. What did you guys think of the overall pace of the show? I wasn't done talking about the character development. Well, then go ahead. Talk more about character developments, and then we'll come back to I the mean, pace. I mean, I'm just uh, – no, 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 it's fine. Go ahead. No, 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 no. No, you you talk, and then we'll go to yeah, pace. That's fine. We got, we got time. time. Listener, you'll be happy to hear more about character development. I am I, I just want – I mean, because we spent a lot of time talking about the new characters and a little bit about Karen. Just the character development of Matt and Foggy and their relationship – how it's completely spiraled because of his other life is amazing. Like they made foggy such a badass, like not in the, I'm going to physically beat you up kind of way, but he can stand in the courtroom or in front of a DA and he's got huge balls and he's, he's finally learning to be someone without Matt. And I loved, I loved his character arc. I really did. Uh, a character who in the comic book is really just kind of a, almost a throwaway character. He's just kind of there um he's so engaging and gripping and I, I loved it i love everything about it but now we can move on to no and no 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 i don't i don't no, want to you bring up a good yet. you bring up a good point with with foggy so their relationship you're, i mean you're just watching matt break promise after promise and the courtroom scene where foggy has to give the opening statement is that moment where you're you're looking at foggy and expecting last season's foggy to just crash and burn you're like this is the end oh my god matt's gonna walk in at any second now and save the day that's what you think is going to happen. And he's fumbling with the note cards and then just says basically like, ah, fuck it. You know, Frank's a good man. Nah, no, he's not. And and seeing that moment, I mean, you, you want to talk about character development right there, Brian. You're absolutely right. He gets lifted and elevated well, to a new character at that point. And not, not only that, but like when you look at when you look at the stuff that Eldon Henson's done in his Mighty Ducks acting. <laughs> Right. Well, and that's, you know, that's, that comes to my, obviously, but he's, he did like, um, if I'm not mistaken, he did the crime show tour. He did the, you know, the law and right. order. I'm going to be a one episode criminal guy. He was in, she's all that. He's always done these little tiny roles and the guy's got some chops. Like he, he absolutely can act. And it's not like, you know, foggy Nelson is, is a character you really aspire to, but you know, he's, He's taking it to another level, Brian. Like you said, in, in, in the comic book, he is a throwaway. You need him to uh, to humanize Matt Murdock. You need him for an emotional and you need connection. Him for the day job. Um and not, not just no, I in don't know like the day do. job, but like when you think about when you think about a, a vigilante superhero like Daredevil or like Batman, they're I mean, on some level, they're a psychopath, right? So you right. you need a connection to reality, and Foggy Nelson is that. But his um, he's no longer like a Jiminy Cricket, which is what he really was in in the first season, right? He was very much, you know, trying to be Matt's conscience and 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 Matt's you know connection to the real world. And I thought two things were were really telling. Number one, Matt severing that connection and saying, look, I, I need to be this. He did it in episode one. Like, you know, Foggy wanted, you know, you need to come out. You need to be my wingman. You know, Nelson and Murdoch on the dance floor. And and Matt was like, look, dude, I take a night off and people get hurt. So that's not going to happen. So the whole, it was starting from the very beginning. They wrote it very well. It was acted incredibly well. And then when Foggy comes into his own, like you were talking about in the courtroom, I was blown away by the scene. I thought 
I could see I could watch more of that character. And it wasn't just that scene. The scene where he went to the dogs of hell when he went to the to the yeah. to the biker the biker hangout. Um, I thought, man, this guy is not only passionate, but he just clings to his convictions, man. And I, I just I somebody you can admire and not not in a in a there's no pity anymore. Like season one, you pitied Foggy a little bit. And I don't think there's any more pity. I think the way they wrote it, you really admire him. You need that connection. And I can see him uh hopefully being a like a bigger a bigger piece of the Daredevil role going forward. There's no reason to just keep him an ancillary part. So how did you guys feel about the the fall of Nelson and Murdoch, the actual law firm itself, and watching that kind of crumble? I mean, it, it's it speaks to just the, the crumbling of their relationship. That's like the physical manifesta- manifestation that their friendship is pretty much over. But it's all three of them, too. Yeah, right? it's, it's, it's not all just three of them. Just, and and, and right, yeah. that's the, the, the really cool thing and the great part about this season is that you're seeing how his life as Daredevil is affecting and has completely destroyed his personal life that he's trying to maintain, that humanity that he's trying to hold on to. And that's what this season was really all about. He's faced with Punisher, who is the man with no humanity. He doesn't have any more morals, and he's not afraid to push that line. And Daredevil is faced with, well, and Electra's the same way. She she has no problem killing a person if she has to. If, if she's thinking, she thinks she's thinking of the bigger picture. And Matt has got this morality complex about him that he has to deal with this entire season. That maybe, maybe just this once, I can kill this person, and it would serve the greater good. But after you do that, you can't ever go back, and it completely destroys his entire life. It, it's it was great. So let's let's address that theme too, and then we can move on to the the pacing part because the the thing that Matt faced. You're right, and and again, his arc and his development for this is is I'm there ever smart? Look at you. Is there ever a time where <laughs> where the killing is fine? Because even when he even mentioned that he was going to kill somebody, even the thought of doing it, right? He, he he made the sign of the cross. He like instantly had a struggle with doing it. And at the very end of the season, where he's on the rooftop with everybody and he throws Naboo off the roof, do you think that he thinks he killed him? Even at the end of it, even though Stick is the one who finally did the action, do you think that he's like I? I, that is one. That is one thing that I, I think crossed the line I think on. it's something they might have to reference or will reference in season three. That he 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 pushed the line and now how does he how does he redeem his soul after that? Well, right now, do you think I though, think he that, thinks he killed him, yes. And, well, and, there's CJ, there's a you know there's a time for every purpose under heaven. No, it, seriously, there's the uh, the story arc couldn't the pace was breakneck, and I, it, it was it was that way while giving you so many different glimpses into each character that you completely comprehended it, and also everything was moving so quickly. You you sort of like there were a few times I had to, I went wait wait what and I rewound and I watched again and I okay because I, I missed something right but mm-hmm. there was your your to your point. If you don't watch this without distraction, you will miss subtleties. Yeah, and and you know, a lot of people have been saying it's a roller coaster, and they mean the fact that there's ups and downs it's, in, in the It's in not the, a roller coaster. This thing was this thing was like on from I mean from, I mean an actual roller coaster, which if you've if if you look at the science of a roller coaster, they have to give you a space to stop because your heart could you could have a heart attack. Because you're consistently moving so quickly and your adrenaline is pumping. So they literally put stops, small ones, albeit, to let you breathe and not have a heart attack. And that's what this show did, which was go fucking fast, as hard as you can. Let's hit the ground running. Take a moment so you don't die and then just go right back into it. And that's what this this series did. This season just would not stop and I loved it. Uh, I thought the pace of it was right on, and it is more – see, this lends itself more to the 13-hour movie than other – uh, iterations of Netflix originals best, has ever done best show on Netflix by a mile now um, by a mile ab- absolutely it's not it's not even close and and there's I I said to Brian um I told you, know, you not because, to tell him we were talking about it because we don't we don't obey your gag order CJ <laughs> um 
because we're we're capable of speaking privately and then also speaking in this forum um, without you shouting at us. So I said to Brian, I can't believe I have to wait a fucking year now. Yeah. Like I ruined it. Like I, I watched, I watched it all. It's it wasn't too quick. I, right, right. It's over now. It's over, and I can't. It's like Christmas Day, right? When you're a kid, and you've torn through all your presents, and you didn't take the time to savor each little one. That's how I feel now, and I'm, you know, so I'm, I'm immediately watching it again uh, because I just can't. I can't wait another year to see this again. It was such yeah. a ride the whole time. And if you haven't watched it yet, I, A, I don't know why you're listening and not watching. And B, you need to immediately. And the this show was so good about being so kind of breakneck fast. And A, like you understood what was going on for 95% of it. And any question that you had was answered. If not in that episode, it was answered immediately after. But they also did so many things and like things behind the scenes and subtleties to set up other things. Like... I was just about to say, yeah, there's a, a couple crossover things and mentions right. that have really tipped the hat to what else is going to be this Netflix right. Marvel and universe. And the big thing is obviously, will Punisher get his own show? I don't know. Don't ask me anymore, please. I have no idea. But He has to. He has, he has to. to. He really needs to. If Luke Cage can get his own show. Then then Punisher should get his own show. But has to. Even just like little, little drops and things of what's going to happen in the future of Daredevil. Not even just the future of the Defenders, because there was... There was mention of Jessica Jones that she was being uh, under under um, investigation. She was under investigation for what happened with Kilgrave. Right. Um, Nel- Foggy Nelson starts working for Jenny Hogarth, which is oh, when great. I when I saw that scene and I just saw the back of her head, I was like, <gasps> I squeed. Which I did squee right a, there. A fantastic way to kind of tie this into what's coming, but even. I think even even as great as those couple episodes that Kingpin shows up in, it's more of a setup for season three and or four than anything else. That scene, and I said this to Josh in our private discussion that CJ shouldn't know about, <laughs> um, that scene between Matt and Kingpin is probably one of my favorite scenes. And it's, it's a three-minute scene where he walks into the interrogation room and he, he knows that Fisk let the Punisher out. He knows that, he, and he doesn't have any proof, He's just trying to rattle him, and he starts talking about, "Oh, Vanessa, your your wife, she's overseas, right? I could I could make her never come back. It would just cost six dollars in postage and an envelope, and she will just never." Got, and he got slammed off of the interrogation. Thing. She will never come back in the country, and just this thing that Matt thinks he's got the upper hand on Fisk, and then Fisk just unleashes, and you're like. No, Matt, you do not have the upper hand right now. And and you know the second he walks into that meeting, even before he actually sits foot in the room, he has the contract in Braille. And the, and the lawyer's like, I was told to accommodate for your needs. Like, immediately we start off with Wilson Fisk having the, the upper hand. Matt thinks he has it for a second, and then you're instantly reminded, shut the fuck up, you are in my you, kingdom You will right not now. refer to him by any other name than Mr. Fisk. And more importantly... Oh, yeah. Then after that scene, you see him. He's gonna. He's starting to dig more into into Matt and Matt's life, which is absolutely setting setting him up to find out that Daredevil and Matt Murdock are the same person, and he's going to not attack Daredevil, but he's going to attack Matt and ruin everything that he loves, which is the best part about that character. I, I when I you, you watch you you look at John Bernthal, and uh, you know. So he was in The Walking Dead in what for three seasons, 2010 and 2012. Um, mm-hmm. Prior to that, right, he had only been you know he did he did the crime show rounds. You know he was in Numbers and all the CSIs and and a couple Law and Orders and stuff like that. But post Walking Dead, he had a couple roles. Did you guys see Fury? Yeah, great movie. Yes. He was amazing, amazing. in Fury. Yes, he, he was, was amazing. really great in Fury. He was really good. He was very, very, very short role in Sicario that he did well. Um, but he's got a few things coming up where he's the lead. And you, you just – you know this guy is a serious actor. And there's mm-hmm. no reason – there's no reason we shouldn't see a Punisher show, which – which and that, that gives me – like – when we when you start like 
the the crossover with Jessica Jones that should be cool, and we should see some back and forth there. There'll be a Luke Cage show and then a Punisher show. Iron Fist, you're, you're almost missing. Iron Fist too. You forget Iron Fist. Okay, and Iron Fist. How like how big? Really, Brian? How big can this get? I mean, honestly, let, let's. The Marvel Universe is huge, and the the amount of characters let's, that lend let's to, confine it. Let's confine it to the right now. I mean, really, they haven't. I mean, you're right. right now. You're thinking about at the very least five shows. But what I'm thinking about is there's so many of those, for lack of a better term, B-list characters that do not work in a two and a half hour movie that would absolutely lend to the Netflix model, like Ghost Rider, starring um, Aaron Paul. Because I know Aaron Paul is starring Aaron Paul. Um, that they could they could keep this going, and they could make a huge universe just out of these kind of B-list street level characters that really sh- don't belong in an Avengers type movie. I mean, I, I, I think this could go on for, for a long time. I really hope so it does. Marvel, Disney, I, you know, I, there's a, there's a branch of that, obviously that's Netflix, that's Marvel, but there's crossovers for the Punisher. I mean, there's, there's Deadpool, Spider-Man, Punisher is one of those characters where he fits in he's with everybody. He's X, there's X-Men crossovers. There's all kinds of crazy crossovers. And I just – I wonder – because it's Marvel and I understand that the the cinematic universe is, is, a, mm-hmm. is a Disney thing, yeah? Yeah. Well, I mean they're all so, owned by Disney, but – Right. But like they're, they're very they're very compartmentalized, aren't they? Yes. Yes. For, for, for now. So could – is there any possibility – that we start to see a unification of these universes. And does it make sense? Um, okay, so to me, it makes sense because it, there's that that capability to have that crossover between like Iron Man and Daredevil and, and Spider, Spider-Man and Daredevil in the comic book universe are actually really close friends. So like, I mean, there's that potential and I really, really, really I want to happen. see that. The true believer in me really says yes there they should absolutely do it the realist in me says no well brooklyn and hell's kitchen aren't that far apart yeah but look at all the work that had to happen to have spider-man even disappear in daredevil i mean in um uh if, uh captain america in in civil war i mean for, for even barring all of that with with the change in the kind of producer regime that they had right before civil war coming out it's it's pretty unlikely at this moment in time that we're going to see that. So it's it's a nerd pipe dream. It is. I think it's one of those things where just like we're seeing right now on the Netflix side, we'll see it on the Marvel side, which is on the Netflix side, they keep saying the green man or the, the guy with the flag. You know, they, they kind of mention these characters without saying their names. I think we're going to get the same thing for, you know, the, the cinematic universe. Uh, it's going to be, oh, the, the the devil in hell's kitchen or just something like that. And and. That's probably going to be all. I mean, Josh, according to you and your theory, too, some of these people can't carry weight when it comes to, to a no, movie. It's not, not, not only a theory. I, they can't. I mean, there's a there was a, 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 a article about how, you know, the reasons Grant Gustin wasn't cast as The Flash. Can we not talk about that? Well, we, we can, except, <laughs> uh, you know. Can we save I'm, that for next week? Because that's going to go right into all of my Batman v Superman thoughts. Oh, that's true. Yes. Let's save that for our Batman v Superman Donna Justice talk. Meh. Embargoed by I Ryan actually embargoed be, because Josh, Josh, I really want to talk about this, but it, it is going to fuel into. I just saw Batman v Superman last night. Okay, and this is why we'll I talk think about it next wrong. week. I'm so. I'm not calling it an embargo because not everyone is a communist like CJ. Uh, but I will it is respect your wishes because you are always uh, very tempered and logical. Oh well, thank you. As opposed to CJ, who is very Soviet Russia. So, Brian, let me ask you this question, and Josh, I know you can answer these as well. I am okay, not can the I? comic book. You can, uh, because you have the knowledge that I don't have. I am not a comic book reader. What did I miss by not knowing some of these tips of the hats and the things that were kind of laid down? What What were the little things that the I, only I, thing I missed? The, the things you missed were Easter eggs. Man. Yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean, and they put the and Marvel is so good at putting those Easter eggs in for the people like me. It doesn't necessarily true believers. Yeah, true believers get the Easter, egg. and it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to turn into anything. It's just a cool it, thing. It to make absolutely me sweet. doesn't affect your 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 watching experience or enjoyment. So 
you know, like, did they do setup for Iron Fist? Was there anything no. in there that was Iron Fist? I think okay. if you see anything for setup for Iron Fist, it's going to be in Luke Cage because of the relationship between right, the relationship between yeah. them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but really, I mean, any setup that I refer to is plainly stated in, like, not plainly, but it, it is hidden in the series. And if you watch it, CJ, you don't need to know anything about the comic book to to get. Oh, this is kind of where they're going. And and if you're a person who uh, has watched it, I've completely forgot to plug Brian. You wrote the article. I did for Daredevil season I wrote two things uh, on that kind of nerd So you can also check that out as well for things that maybe we just we haven't discussed in in the podcast. Or if you want to get more into Brian's opinion uh, about the show, you can comment on that freaking well, uh, article. Wait, before, I'll answer it. Let's let's talk. Go ahead, go ahead, Josh. Before you get, I have I do have a crossover question because it it was. It was a big thing in the comic books. Luke Cage and Iron Fist at one point had a thing with Cable and Deadpool. And Deadpool is not Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I felt like that was a pretty big storyline. I think the word is yet, by the way. And, and, and Deadpool is not Marvel Universe Fox yet. Is, Fox is never. Crossing Fox my fingers never. You know, I know, but we're going to see. I mean, if, if we don't see Cable... In Civil War, we should see Cable at some point because we, we're going to see him Deadpool in Deadpool. Too. Okay, so Remember we're going to see the him. end of the trailer. So great. So we're never basically there's never going to nope. be the crossover. Yeah, Luke nope. Cage and Iron Fist. I mean, there was there was an obvious uh, sort of rivalry or there were adversaries, Cable and Deadpool. That's something that I think should be you know that's an easy Netflix thing but we're never going to see it so i'll just right. I'll stop asking about but it. i mean luke cage and iron fist have, have a very had a very long running series of heroes for hire and that's something that's very feasible that you can see um which is why i think the easter eggs and, and whatever setup they're going to do for iron fist is going to happen in luke cage it just makes more sense to me right well it is, that makes perfect sense yeah so let's talk for just a, a minute, and then if there's anything that we need to talk more about with Deadpool uh, season two, we can. Let's you mean talk Daredevil for a season about Daredevil. the trailer. Uh, Daredevil, sorry. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Luke Cage trailer. It's I didn't about, what, see the, it. It was you at didn't the see end it? After, after you're you done were, watching it. They automatically yeah, no. After you're done watching Daredevil, it's just like, hey, by the way, trailer. Oh, Daredevil. you were one of those people who stopped watching immediately after the show ended. You poor thing. No, I, and it ended, and it just went right back to the menu. Oh, really? I got to see the Luke Cage no, trailer. Really? What, what What did you watch it on? On uh, Netflix? No, Apple TV. Apple TV. Xbox, Apple TV. Apple TV? That's weird. Mine played perfectly nope. fine and played the trailer. No trailer. I mean, really, honestly, Josh, you didn't miss a whole lot. You missed. I'm I'm sure I didn't miss much. It's it's really just, I mean, it, he walked into a gym. People shot him. He goes, I'm tired he of He throws somebody clothes, through the window, and that's it. I mean, listen, Luke Cage as a character has never been one of my No, huge, no, he's not a great character. Yeah, he's, he's never been like, oh, my gosh, this is an amazing character. But I will say this. If anybody can make him interesting and make him a viable character, it's Netflix. Well, yes, I still have. Without some serious crossover power, I'm I'm worried about that show. I'm I'm thinking, honestly, it's a one season, maybe two. I think one season solo with very little, like, heavy cross, very little crossover. Then season two is pretty much crossing over as much as you Like a Luke can. Cage and Iron Fist show. Right. Yeah, basically like a buddy cop show, which I'd be okay with. I'm completely. Yep. Completely right. They do one that. one season of, of. I mean, does Iron Fist get in its own yeah. show? Yeah, they. Then they, they cast- do one. They do one for each for backstory and setup, and then they do another series. They just then it's another series combined. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you because they just cast uh, Danny Rand, who Finn- who is Iron Fist. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, know him. You from know Game him of from Game of Thrones. And what his. And that's it. Like yeah, but what is his name? Finn Jones. Finn Jones. Yes. He's uh, the, the, the Knight of Flowers, yes, right? Yes, he, mm-hmm. he's, he's the guy who, who likes the, the guy with the horns. I, I don't remember. <laughs> Jesus. It's ga- Dude, it's Game of Thrones. There's so many, like, every he name plays, sounds the same. He guy plays, with uh, he plays Loris, Loris Tyrell. Loris Tyrell, Jesus. yes. God. They're, they all They all sound the same. How can they you don't keep sound all anything these comic book like characters the straight in your head, but you can't figure out because, Game of Thrones characters. Because characters in comic books Listen, are named we are Peter 30 days and away Matt. right now from Game of Thrones. 30 days from Game of Thrones. We are. And, and I, I'm interested to see where Game of Thrones shows up. But we're talking about Daredevil, Josh. And we are. Daredevil, by far, is my favorite 
television show on any platform right now, including television and HBO. I, I, I absolutely. I say it's better than some movies that are coming out right now. So I'm I'm very pumped. So listen, it it, it comes down to this. Final thoughts for Daredevil. If someone, if I mean. I'm, t- I'm trying to think. If someone hasn't watched it by now, well, you're fucked. I mean, we just – I mean, everything you, about well, you, this was – You absolutely have you, – you can't come in on season two. You have to watch season one. And at this point, I know there – I know quite a few people who haven't watched Daredevil season one. You need to watch it and you need to immediately watch season two. This, this is um, – a lot of shows, you know, escalate season two. They ramp up, right? Like a Like a, you know – a solid mixtape. You take it up a notch, right? And and this show, man, it it ratcheted quite a few notches up. So, Daredevil season three, uh, you know, is it's it's got a lot to live up to, and I kind of feel like it's going to mellow out a little bit because it kind of needs to. But I couldn't have been more happy with how this went. Uh, you know, given my my dislike for the Electra character and and the way that was written and and acted. Everything else was as close to perfect as you could ever want it to be. Brian, how excited were you when they unveiled his weapon? Oh my gosh, that's another time I squeed. I was just about to say, I mean, we uh, just, I, we, I, that's something here, I wanted to bring the great, up because that the was progression. Just of stupid things for for me, like for me, the progression of just the costumes. Even like when Electra got her legit costume, and so I, I, I flipped out when Melvin the gives baton. gives him the baton. Because yeah. that's that's a oh huge staple in in the character. Every like, mm-hmm. well, it was incomplete, right? He right. was and he's been doing until he's been he doing got, half of the work of throwing right. things at people. But that's, that's when you it. think about Daredevil, that baton, especially in its ability to you know launch great distances and come back. Like it's that that's what you see in the comic books. Yes. He's never without that. So and the fact that he got it so late in this season was sort of reminiscent of he he really wasn't daredevil until he got his costume suit of his costume yeah. suit of armor way, in the first when season. when are they like when are they going to officially everywhere start calling him daredevil and not the devil of hell's kitchen eh. like am i the only one who's bothered by no, that because it makes sense like nobody okay as much as i love those toby Maguire spider-man movies there's no j jonah james and being like we'll call him spider-man and just moving on with life and everybody accepts it like that's but, I how mean, it works right i mean right now if there's a, a nickname for someone who's you know a killer or something like that that shit catches on pretty goddamn quick well I mean, yeah the punisher's just, name i'm caught saying on in, really in quick. the real world Right, so if the Punisher can catch on really quick, why can't Daredevil? I'm just saying. Any, anyway, moving, I'm moving just saying past CJ's me. stupidity. Um, when he got that baton, I got extremely excited. When Elektra uh, decides to take the, the, those guys' size that he... The size, right, that yeah. He, that the guy was trying to kill him, and she's like, I'm going to keep these. These are my and weapons that's, now. That's her, that's her so signature excited. weapon. Oh, right. That's her signature weapon. And, I mean, just, just that scene of Frank... Taking the bulletproof vest and spray painting that skull. Oh, that was so well, great! As soon as I saw the vest, and and that, and we'll talk. The, the vest uh, already has an outline of a skull, kind of. I on know. It, and as he just soon spray as I saw it, it. I was like, I out. saw it, and I was like, oh, I well, I really hope they make it white. And he goes yeah. in that shed and just spray paints it white. And the next well, time you was, see him is you, on that building see, top. But you didn't see what he was doing. So you you saw him with the spray can, and then you didn't see mm-hmm. anything. And then he shows up on the roof, and you see him from afar with the oh right. my god, so good. I don't I don't squee, but I go ho. Oh. <laughs> That's what I do, right? The thing that the only thing that bothered me was that Netflix's featured artwork for Daredevil already has him in that in that vest and i was like you son of a bitch so well, i already like I was, I was i mean that's no no the the feature art had saying it for the me i know had, listen it's not like you didn't the, think he was never going to have until it. the finale right, right right yeah 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 so hold on real quick this does this does remind me i do want to have one conversation about one uh character that i kind of thought went under the radar or one actor i should say and that was clancy brown's performance if you don't remember him he was from shawshank redemption he's also the voice of uh, lex luthor in the superman cartoon Yes, he was also in Star Space Troopers. And he's also on a couple episodes of Flash. He's on pretty much He's everything. in a lot of stuff, and he's great in all of it. I and was the movie you're thinking yeah, he, was he was an arrow. He was an arrow. I mean, he was an arrow. And, and he was also was the Kurgan. He was the Kurgan, by the way. <laughs> he's everything. CJ, you, are, you, you gave me the giggle like you don't know what the Kurgan is. 
<laughs> I don't know. You don't know who the Kurgan is, MK Ultra. Brian, can you can you illuminate? Uh I'm trying a blank. I'm so sorry. You can't. Oh, either. Bye, I'm in Daredevil. MK Ultra. Highlander, dude. Oh Kurgan. yes, yes, yes. Oh, oh okay. Was, never mind. Yes, 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 yes. He was. And, sorry. Yeah, and he's uh, he's the voice of Mr. Krabs. If anybody was interested. Yes. But that the whenever he shows up, it's generally a pretty good character. And immediately suspicious of this son of a bitch. Right, 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 right. Yes, definitely suspicious. But and the fact uh, Laura would tell me that she would object because of his crossover between DC and Marvel. She would have a strong objection to this guy. That Why? sounds like a CJ reason. Because she doesn't she she just she thinks once you're a character, Laura, that's your character. Laura, you can cross the streams. It's okay. You can't. We, we you yeah, should. Even I'm like, saying, as a continuity person, that doesn't bother there me. Is, and I was probably with Chris Evans being too Marvel here. There is no Dana. There is only Zool. And unless you <laughs> need to take out Zool, you probably shouldn't cross the streams. I, but like you know, the Colonel Ray Schoonover. That that's a good character. It was great, and and the twist of the the whole blacksmith thing. I knew he was suspect. But I didn't think he was the blacksmith. Um, had had to come in, and I was very happy to see his death. Well, yeah, that's that's what's so great about the character that he played, though. Like, he's only in a couple episodes, and you immediately are just like, I'm so glad that guy's dead. Can you kill him? Can you bring him back and kill him again? Because he needs to die even more. Like, it was very well done. So, uh, listen, overall, I don't, I don't know if you guys can tell, we really don't have very ma- negative things to say about Daredevil Season 2 or Daredevil at you all. You know, okay, I have one negative thing to say. It's over and we have it's to wait over a year. We have to wait a year yeah, for, for a year. it to come out again. I feel I feel about this the way I felt about the year between The Sopranos, Sons of Anarchy, and those are some of my favorite shows ever. So having having to wait is oh, it's ridiculous. For me, it was the gap in between Breaking Bad, the final season. This this what this reminds me of. So again, please, for the love of God, do yourself a favor to your friends because you have obviously watched Daredevil. If you've listened to this much of the podcast, spread the word. Have your other friends and family members watch this. Maybe not with you together because some family members get a little squeamish about violence, and this show is fucking violent, brutal as hell, brutally violent. But you know what? In a way that I was okay with, even the shotgun to the face, which I thought was crazy. The show is amazing. It was phenomenal. I, I do want to move on to just a, a couple other things real quick. One of them is is a little housekeeping slash update. Oh, wait. Hang uh, on. Hang to, on. Before you uh, get in, in, into housekeeping, speaking of brutality, I want to go back to one more amazing scene with the Punisher is where he's in that pawn shop and he gets all this, the, the CB radio and everything. Oh, yeah. And he's going to uh. let the guy live. He walks out and the guy says just that one thing. Hey, I got more stuff for you. He starts bringing up child porn and you just see him uh, lock the door and you're like, oh, this guy's screwed. I was like, <laughs> if you don't kill him right now, I'm turning. It's you know what? Actually, and now that I now that I think back to it, the, the things the things about this show that take the brutality up a notch. He hit the guy with the bat. There was the sound effect, like the 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 audible squish of it, <laughs> like this, and like when when Matt takes uh, the the Mex the cartel guy off the hook, like the oh, oh yeah. just the, like the gurgling of the, the, the blood. theater soundy stuff. You really like that? No, really CJ, like the not, the, the, not the theater so soundy stuff. I have no idea how they make the sound. I know that when they do thunder, they have like a tin panel. They they they, they took ground it, beef and threw it on the floor. That's how they make it, that sound. Look, they did an amazing job combining visual and and audible stuff that makes you that, that that inspires a reaction from you. What's what's funny too is that Daredevil has a um, assisted hearing. Uh, section and under like their subtitles and stuff like that, which will actually like, kind of like it's like squish. Does it say squish? Well, no, no, like describe a little bit for people who are visually impaired. Ironically enough, for this show, uh, kind of the scene that's going on. So I would attempt. I would assume that they would give the same thing to you know their audio work. I'm just like that. saying. I mean, in that vein, the people behind this this entire series and, and just the stuff in they're, right. they're so smart. If that were me, I'd be like. All right, uh, John, it's your turn to get on the hook, and you, let's get the mic right up in there, okay, and now we'll (laughs) remove you, 
Because, but they're not really on the no, hook, Brian. It, it sounded like it, CJ. My point is, I have no imagination. <laughs> it was it it was the the sound absolutely added to the brutality. Absolutely. Okay, uh, CJ, you can absolutely move on. Um, I probably will want to talk more about this anyway, but move on. Yeah, me and Brian have to text about Batman versus Superman. So, <laughs> so a, a quick thing of, of house cleaning I wanted to house bring cleaning? up, and that house cleaning. Are we gonna? Are you? Are you gonna give tips? It, or? I think he's mixing up the fact that it's spring cleaning season and housekeeping. The term is housekeeping. Ah. Yeah, okay. Housekeeping. That's, that's, that's what's happening. That's what's you happening. You want to God damn it! What kind of hotel? Uh, I really want to say thanks. I wanted to say uh, thank you to a, a lot of fans who have actually filled out an N64 madness bracket uh, to start to, to get this conversation about the N64 game. I will agree with you, Josh, that this bracket is terribly, terribly seated. seated. Are we going to so are we going to give it another week and let some more because the tournament's still happening. So I think, yes, I think we should give it some more time and let folks fill out some more brackets. I know that uh, my boy Nick, uh, uh, Philly Surf Boy on Twitter, he was he, he got at us quite a bit uh about this thing so i do know that there are people out there that want to want to keep filling out the brackets i think we need to give them some more time but folks we we want to give you some results i don't don't know that we can come up with a consensus winner because it was so poorly seated that i'm well so far there's a trend but we'll we'll get to that once we have more i do want to say that there's a a couple things you can do first off go to that kind of nerd.com go download the bracket we do have a downloadable version for you is it the pdf Uh, or do we have the excel by the time we publish we will have an excel file right now it's it's pdf but there will be an excel file for you to if you are an apple user if you have a macbook or, or an imac or any sort of apple product you can easily just mark up the PDF. If you have uh, Windows, you're screwed. Uh, so I did want to. I did want to read a few comments because there was a, a small uh, conversation through my friend Dave's uh, Facebook page. I'm sorry, Facebook profile that kind of got uh, some other people to fill this out. Uh, and and uh, he had probably the, the the coolest things to say about this. But he said uh, both banjos, DK and Goldeneye, all being in the same area was just way too too tough. Uh, some people are really clamoring that Banjo Kazooie is probably the best one on the on the whole list. Uh, but the the quote that I loved was, "I don't know, but I'm trying to decide between Donkey Kong 64 and Banjo Kazooie. It's one of the hardest choices I've had to make in a long time." <laughs> and I hear you. I hear you. Making some of these choices was damn tough. Um, but here's what we're doing. We're taking your brackets that you guys have. Please send them to podcast at thatkindofnerd.com. Uh, you can also uh, uh, put them on Twitter at that kind of nerd. What we're also doing is we're sharing them on our new Instagram, uh, which is we are that kind of nerd. So go ahead and check that out. We're publishing the brackets themselves, link to some articles, so that way you can kind of get your visual fill of that kind of nerd. So please go check out we are that kind of nerd on Instagram because that kind of nerd is taken. And if you know the guy who has it, you talk to him now and you get it to us. Give it to us. Uh, so I do want to say thank you again to, to uh, Ed and to Brian, real Brian, uh, for making real Bri- this, wait, this wait, wait, for us. Real, real Brian? Brian? No. The email said real Brian, so I have to call I'm looking real at Brian, real Brian. He's right here on my on my Google Hangout. I'm looking at him. He's a handsome devil. I really uh, am. Who lives in a palatial estate with very few cats. The cat to male ratio is very low. And does an amazing to... Bane impersonation. <laughs> CJ. Damn it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, CJ. The N64 bracket. Please send them to the emails and the Twitters. I'm going to do an entire so, episode. Like one that. episode. I thought I could <laughs> go no, one episode entire. without love, the Bane. We love, we love Bane so much. So, look, before, before we wrap, there's actually there's one more thing that I want to discuss, and that is that CJ... Uh, spent uh, quite a bit of time researching and writing a cord cutting article, a primer for cord cutting, a guide to cord cutting, whatever you want to call it. That actually, uh, I, I read the rough draft and uh, it inspired me to begin the process of cutting the cord. I want to come back to this maybe in a, in a week or two. But folks, in the meantime, Check out CJ's Guide to Cord Cutting. We'll be sharing it on all social media outlets. And obviously, it's at thatkindofnerd.com. You can save yourself a metric fuck ton of money. 
I was so surprised the amount of money that I'm actually because I did it. I, I cut the cord. I, I did this for about a month before I wrote it just to see if it was something that you could live at, you know, live by. The amount of money I'm going to be saving annually is fucking just unreal. To, uh, yeah, so and, totally and, and it. It, it, it is absolutely worth it. it. I went out and I like I bought a new Apple TV and I started doing all the stuff. And look, we're going to talk about it more in depth, but for now, read it. And please send us your questions, concerns. Uh, there's going to be some objections out there from folks who think this equipment is better than that equipment. We want to hear that stuff so that we can continually revise and update. I think this is this is one of those topics that we can continually update uh, over the course, especially of the next 12 months as, as streaming becomes uh, more of a uh, – mainstream to use the word stream and I'll, I'll tell you right off the bat i know a lot of people already know that we're very pro apple on on the podcast on the website but i've got something in there specifically for you android users to get the most out of the equipment too so yeah and out. and the truth is that a lot of times you really don't need much more than a smart tv if you don't want to go either apple or android or other devices so but read it and then we're going to talk about it more in depth but I, cj uh, you know, you're the moderator and you're not often going to, you know, toot your own horn. I want to tell you that I thought it was very well researched and well written. And thank you very much because you've already saved me to the tune of 60 bucks a month. So thank you. And I haven't, and I've only partially cut the cord. Right. Cut the right. cord. Yep. Yeah, I mean, this is nothing you can do for partial. Uh, so thank you for that, Josh. So again, please, everybody, a couple things you got to do. Go to thatkindofnerd.com. Go check out the N64 bracket. Go check out Brian's article on Daredevil. Uh, please go check out my article on cord cutting. I would greatly appreciate it. Comments, feedback, questions, give that stuff to us. Go ahead and, and we're not afraid to, to engage with you uh, about a particular question so you don't have to make it vague. We ain't, you can well, do we, that, we ain't scared. <laughs> you can do that through Twitter at that kind of nerd, Facebook at facebook.com slash that kind of nerd. But guys, I see this every week and it perhaps is the coolest part about this podcast is we want you to be on it. So call 484-373-4119. Record your message for us. We'll either play it on the podcast if you want to or if you just want us to address it without your audio, we can do that as well. Again, 484 373 4119. Check that out. Leave us a message so we can put your voice on the podcast. Uh, anything else that you needed to give to our fine listeners before we parted ways only, for today? Only one thing very briefly, and I've talked to you guys about this uh, probably five or six times in the last 24 hours since it happened, but I found online, uh, as everyone knows, I'm a giant fantasy football nerd, and I found on uh, – DynastyLeagueFootball.com on the forum, a, a, a startup league. I was intrigued because it was called the Civil War Dynasty Football League. It's a 14-team league created by a very creative commissioner in which it's basically pitting – your team is a comic book character that participated in Civil War. I will say this. I'm more excited about this league. It's not by any stretch of the imagination my my most expensive league. It's not the one where I can win the most money. But I'm on the uh, anti-registration division, and my team is Daredevil, and I cannot wait to get this started and and participate just because it has it integrates so many facets of my nerd life that I'm so excited about it. So <laughs> it's it's just one of those. It has nothing to do with anything but fantasy football. But my team is Daredevil, and I think it's fantastic. You should, and if you're more, if you want to know more details about that, our personal Twitter handles are also in the show notes, so you can actually tweet at Josh, and he can help you out with uh, getting some more information. Yeah, absolutely. So, and as we as we ramp up into, uh, we start coming up on a football season. I want the listeners to reach out to me and uh, and discuss fantasy football. The only the only league that will be posting any uh, tweets from from uh, my participation in fantasy football will be the, the civil war league. I'm not posting on Twitter for any other league. So guys, we've kept you long enough. Thank you so much for listening to this episode for your making us your walk around the neighborhood or your drive to work. Important notice next week's episode will be Batman versus Superman. 
Dawn of Justice. Will I be throwing confetti into the air and eating ravioli on being right? Or do I have to eat my own goddamn words on this podcast? Time will tell. Paul Castillo has some skin in this game, and I know he's very interested to hear what I'm going to have to say as well. So stay tuned for next week's episode. It's going to be great. Time. Same bat time, same, same bat, bat channel. Bat channel. Oh. Love that you guys did that without anything. That was phenomenal. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you guys next week. Episode four. Episode four. Brian says season three earlier, so I figured I'd just save him from one. I really didn't actually. I don't, I don't believe you. Uh, oh, it's okay. I have it in recorded files. So it's all right. It's the stainer now. We'll find out. My favorite scene with the Punisher, and obviously that rooftop, like the entire episode of season three, which was torn right out of a comic book. Entire episode of season three. <laughs> I'm freaking smart. Embargoed by Brian, not by CJ. I don't I don't squee but I go huh that's what I do right <laughs>